Then after the show, it's the after party. Yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to the After Party following episode 564 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Hello, no hello. Music, no music to go on, but we're still dancing. <laughs> we're still vibing over here. How's it going? Well, if the first episode was chaos, this is the chaos. <laughs> it is. This is this is chill time. This is us just just lounging, just basking in just how tiring it is to talk about terrible anime for two hours no we're kidding it was fun <laughs> i always have fun yeah honestly i'm glad that i get to actually watch more shows than what is obviously good to me and um just continue watching shows and then now, now i know shows that i can say don't watch <laughs> exactly we don't i don't i don't ever watch anime to enjoy it this is purely a uh <laughs> a academic endeavor that's good just that's good. to uh just sort of see what is out there in the world of anime and eventually stumble upon something that's really worth our time. But uh, are, are you going to become an ASMR artist? Oh. Well, as long as I keep on eating Reese's cups, yes. Um, <laughs> I got Reese's for Valentine's Day from my parents. I'm not in that relationship, so I got this Reese's peanut butter cups. And I've just been snacking on them for the past couple of episodes. The thing is, is that they're, the wrappers are kind of noisy, and then I get really tempted to do ASMR with them, so. For all the listeners out there. <laughs> I haven't dug too deep in the ASMR rabbit hole, but you need the, like, the microphones that have, like, yeah. the ears on them mm-hmm. for, like, the binaural, whatever, 3D audioscapes. Yeah, honestly, I'm not going to lie, ASMR artists kind of annoy the heck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, um. <laughs> what they produce or just how they do their thing like asmr in general like i kind of feel that i would like asmr but my sister has listened to asmr as a way of relaxing before i go to bed before which Mm -hmm. i always thought was pretty strange and i'm like what the heck is she listening to and i don't know why instead of you know getting this strange feeling of happiness listening to asmr i get this strange feeling of just absolute annoyance (laughs) (laughs) do you like treat it too like practically maybe where you're like uh you know like one hour asmr hotel check-in where like someone pretends to be a receptionist and you're like it would it wouldn't take me that long to check into the hotel why is this lady (laughs) taking so long why is she asking me all these questions just give me my room key thank you now leave this should be a two-minute asmr video where's the realism where's the realism (laughs) actually i don't think i've ever really watched an asmr video i've just you know heard it while in being in the same room and also i do remember last year's super bowl there being a uh a beer commercial that kind of clued on clued in on the asmr you know of craze or was it last super bowl or the super bowl before that i can't remember but yeah was it like relaxing or just like you know, like, cans like opening and like. Pss. Yeah, they did a little, oh. pss, and then they they had a woman like tap the glass with her fingernails, and then she goes, um, and and she I can't remember exactly what she says, but it's the you know the beer and just like their tagline in an ASMR voice. <laughs> Bushlight, it's yeah. for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know. Ba, ba, I don't ba, think ba, ba, as someone I'm loving it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> would that, would that exactly. Be- <laughs> As someone who uh, 
you know, I don't get like the tingles or anything, but I'm, I would say I'm in the same camp of like, oh, ASMR is just kind of generally relaxing. So like, it's a good like free time, just put something on to get audio going. I don't get like the quote unquote tingles or any sort of like physical response. I'm just like, oh, this is noise that is slow and methodical to help lull me into a false sense of sleep. Yeah. See, I I cracked the Valentine's Day code. What is it? So like you, I also uh, had a bunch of banana breads and chocolates and cookies and stuff to partake in, and it was all very delicious. But relationships are hard work, and I'm not willing to do all that to get that. But better is you get your younger sibling to be in a relationship, and then his girlfriend just produces a vast amount of desserts that that you can partake in to help finish them off. So wow. that's the big brain move is not just getting it from your family, but getting it from your family's relationships. That's that's the workaround I found. And that it's is been an quite industry. Exceptional. Exactly. You just created the industry. <laughs> it needs to be a, like a service where you're like, help, I have gotten too much, an abundance of Valentine's Day chocolates. <laughs> Uh, how do I share this with other people? The number one, you know, answer would be just throw it in the trash. Exactly. Or you <laughs> save it for 300 days and give it back to them next year. Basically. <laughs> or you Adachi and Shimamura it and just get Valentine's Day chocolates at the same place. Yeah, that is strange. <laughs> like give them to one another. Like, the thing is with that show is that, or with that scene is that I think it's strange mm-hmm. that they go to the place where they're going to buy the chocolates and then they're like, here, like, what's the difference between, you know, giving the, like, just, just going out and buying the chocolates yourself and going to the place together, having the girl buy the chocolates and giving it to her and then exchange. I, f- I feel like in relationships, like, there's always awkward moments. And I feel like making fun of them or light of them or just laughing them off is the key. But this was like an awkward moment that was just stiff. Like it didn't have that like embarrassment. Like there was just nothing to, uh, we don't need to go on about yeah, that show. And, well, well, for some reason, Shimamura was very confused when she says, let's have one. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a normal thing to do. If you have a piece of chocolate, you're just sitting <laughs> down. Like, Let, let's have it. <laughs> let's just start eating. I remember them. when they invented chocolates. I hated oh, it. <laughs> What oh, a my meme. goodness. I uh, I don't like SpongeBob, but it's it's so good. You don't like it, but it's like good? I, as, as it's a lot like um, Will Ferrell movies for me where like I don't in, I don't enjoy the process of watching and consuming it. And I'm like, I'm going to quote this all the time now. This is my life. <laughs> wow. And it sticks with me that way. How can you not like SpongeBob, Mason? He's just so annoying. Okay. Everyone's so annoying in that show. Plankton's my boy. Plankton's my <laughs> spirit animal. I think if I was one cartoon character, it'd probably be Plankton. I also, did you know that Plankton, do you know the name of Plankton's wife? Karen? Yeah. She was the OG Karen. Well, she's the only good Karen out there. <laughs> Except for all our listener Karens. Yeah, you're not bad either. But uh, just the meme of Karen. I didn't even realize that that was Plankton's computer AI waifu. 2D. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love SpongeBob. It was my show. That was your like. Yeah, I go-to. remember. I remember uh, being a kid and the 
Bandcamp episode, whatever. Uh, it wasn't called Bandcamp. It was like the, they were basically training for the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was a great episode. And I got so good with watching that particular episode that I would go bother my parents and reenact the episode word by word. I was that like, annoying while kid. it was playing? No, I would reenact it with... <laughs> Just by myself. <laughs> like, like my all mom the would roles? be my mom would be doing laundry and I would be spouting out all the lines of every character. Would you like change position in the room like when different characters were talking? Or would you even so. say like, oh, and then SpongeBob says No, no, I think your I hands was off fully my reenacting. bikini bottom. I think I was fully okay. reacting. <laughs> Excellent. Were you like in the theater and stuff or just oh, with that yes. show? I loved, you know, acting out things, and uh, uh, I was the theater kid. My All gotcha. my sisters were kind of athletic. Um, my dad's a swim coach, so my two older sisters, they were on the swim team and everything. I did recreation swim for a while, and then I realized that I don't like exercise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then I got into, you know, the theater department at my schools and stuff. Unfortunately, I never really gave, I was never really given the roles I deserved. Oh, ooh. Yeah. And I also think that the main problem was that I was not a good dancer. And of course, they were not going to give me a role if I couldn't dance. So. I mean, were you just doing musicals in high school? Like, there's plenty of non-dancing shows. Yeah, I mean, well, there's, they had the drama club and the theater production. So, like, the theater productions were always in the springtime. There was one per spring. I get you. The theater production, or, like, the, the drama production was one per fall. The thing is, is that the musicals were, give, like, were, were able to do big casts. Like, you know, if you didn't get a part, then you can always be a background character. Or, like, this person, number one. This person, number two. Or at least... Tabby Cat, number seven. Or get, like, a company soloist part or something like that. There were things to do if you were an extra yeah. of the musicals. But there weren't... That wasn't really that wasn't really the case with any of the drama productions. If you, you're either in the cast or you're not. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's usually like seven, eight parts in a drama production. So Um, I I remember I auditioned for the dramas once or twice, didn't get in. But in my senior year, I auditioned and I got a part and it was a pretty good show. I enjoyed it. (laughs) What uh, do you want to share what production it was? Oh, it was this this show called um, it's it's a long title. The musical comedy murders of 1940, I think. Um, I don't know anything about that, but I'd watch that play. No, like, that sounds... A lot of the drama productions are not as well known as the musical productions. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was basically a show set in ni- about 1940. And it's not it's not PC at all. <laughs> the thing is, is that <laughs> uh, there what there is this. Um, woman who's very rich lives in a mansion has a maid and while the maid is cleaning up for the night uh, she is murdered by an unknown killer and then the next day she is quote unquote alive because you see her walking around on stage but it's actually the murderer in disguise as the maid Um, you later find out that they're actually twins uh, so that's why they kind of look similar to each other and that's why the the man is able to portray himself as the maid Uh, he's actually a Nazi (laughs) 
<laughs> As everyone was in that time. Yeah. And so he, I think he's like on the run. I can't remember exactly why he enters the mansion, kills off the maid. I don't really know. I kind of forget. Um, but basically, the rich woman is trying to produce a music, a musical and invites many people into her home, including the director, the produ- like I think another producer, some actors and stuff. And they're trying to work out this musical. And, you know, chaos ensues because not like every character is not who they say they are. The actors are actually CIA and FBI, that kind of thing. And they don't know it themselves. Um, and people get killed off. It is a murder mystery. Uh, and, well, we all know who the murderer is because it's the maid, but uh, it's a mystery to them who's getting killed mm-hmm. or why they're getting killed. Um, and the thing is that my role was the maid who dies in the first scene. Oh, no. <laughs> but as actually, <laughs> I was the maid who dies in the first scene and the twin brother. Okay. Yes. So at one point I was wearing two wigs. <laughs> Because <laughs> I would have to, because um, I, at one point he is revealed as, you know, the twin brother, but he still has the wig of the um, the maid on. So, like, he has a, a, a the so similar hairstyle. So, you take off the, the lady's wig to yes. reveal the that man's I'm a wig below it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was also, I also had to have a German accent, but I know shit about German accents. There was a German exchange student I was kind of friends with at the time, and I was trying to ask her for help. But the thing is, is that she doesn't really have a German accent as you would expect to hear. Like, it wasn't yeah. like a thick, you know, obviously German accent. It honestly just sounded like a strange accent that I didn't really know much about. So I had a, I had such a hard time talking in that show because I had no idea how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly so bad with doing accents. I'm bad with speaking, period. But I have just never been able to, when people are doing accents, like jump in and join in and make it sound natural. Like my my only like trick is you say rise, like elevating something up lights, like, you know, things that produce light. And if you say rise up lights, it sounds like you're saying razor blades with an Australian accent. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's my only accent I can do. <laughs> that one sentence. I yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did I just, not hear. I that. You were so bad with accents. I did not hear any Australian in that sentence. Exactly. Rise of lights. Um, it wasn't it? It's like, I think there are other tricks like that. I can't remember them actually. Yeah, but I'm really bad with accents in general as well. But um, yeah. Oh well. So. Oh, well. I was never a theater boy. That was not my uh, domain. My my performance arts were all. Musical, aka, I would watch a lot of Rafi and Tom Chapin and all of these like children's musicians, and then take my little baby guitar because I was like four or five years old, and sit right like inches away from my younger brother's face because he would be like strapped into like a high chair or like a thing because he was a baby, and I would play like children's music concerts for him for hours like strumming with with no with reckless abandon for how loud i was like inches away from his face and that's probably (laughs) probably why my brother doesn't really enjoy music he just like on a whole just is just like i could do without listening to music (laughs) so i think i've ruined him (laughs) good intentions but you also could have deafened your brother (laughs) exactly poor execution uh on all accounts so i'll i'll take the l on that one but (laughs) 
<laughs> Honestly, I think the best musical I did in high school, or yeah, in high school, was uh, Sweeney Todd. That was a really good one. Ooh, yeah. Um, I've only seen the movie, obviously, because I'm a with Johnny Depp peasant. Yeah. I actually don't think I've seen it. I think I might have seen part of it because they would show us videos of it. But I, we did watch a um, the theatrical, like an actual theatrical version movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually get a part in that show, unfortunately. But the thing is that it was good because they gave us a lot of interesting things to do as a cast because we were, you know, the townspeople, of course, because if you're part of the cast of a musical, you are townspeople, regardless <laughs> of what show it is. Do they even like like differentiate between like townsperson A or B or is it just if you have a line if if you have a line then you are a townsperson A or B or C I guess so um you at least get like a pitchfork like if I'm in in the townspeople role I just want a pitchfork well they're in London so they're not like agricultural people. You can always use a good pitchfork. I, I suppose so. Um, but in addition to being townspeople, we were also lunatics. Because I don't know if you remember, there's one part in the show where they go to an insane asylum. And of course, you know, you got to double up on the cast so and give us things to do. Uh, so we were all acting like crazy people on stage. And then in the middle of like, which is basically the climactic song of the show, uh, we're just singing, we're just crazy people singing about the city being on fire. And... We actually ran out into the crowds and did like and would scream in their faces, and it was so much fun. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a blast. Yeah, it was great. Um, I also was a soloist in part in a couple songs, and I was the understudy, which I only fulfilled that role once in a rehearsal. Um, darn it, Ariel, for keeping <laughs> the part I wanted. Uh, it was uh, the beggar woman uh, in that show. So okay. Yeah. And actually, I remember at the auditions uh, that the day of the auditions was the day that I broke my front tooth or the day before I broke my front tooth um, or sorry, the day after I broke my tooth. Sorry. And uh, and it was it was bad. It was a bad experience. Not going to lie. I can't think about falling on my face and not cringe at that thought anymore. Um hmm. Anyway, so yeah, gap, bloody, gross, disgusting. Yikes. And I was thinking to myself the day the day I finally got to audition, it's like, well, I kind of look the part of the beggar woman, so maybe that'll give me the edge. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> that big brain technique. Honest, yeah, I, I should have told them that. Like, listen, I am willing to throw myself down a flight of stairs, break my tooth, and everything if I can get this part. That's, That's actually not how I broke my tooth, by the way. It was actually slipping in <laughs> on slipping on the on the pool room, like you had the pool area. Um, mm-hmm. We were in the swimming unit of gym class. I slipped and fell. Yeah. Uh that just hurts to think about. Yeah, several years of having to deal with that problem because <laughs> they had to wait until I was older and my teeth were more matured in order to like completely replace. Oh my the goodness. Tooth. Dang. So for like a whole year um, after they took out the bloody stump of the tooth that I had left, ugh, sorry, <laughs> um, I had a gap in that spot for a year and they gave me a flipper, which is basically a fake tooth attached to what is basically a retainer for like, it looks like a retainer. You just put it up and then it, it looked great. Actually, it worked fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even known the difference, but yeah. 
And then I finally got the tooth replaced. And now you got these pearly whites you see here. Ding. There you go. You all made it, everybody. <laughs> Except for one. <laughs> yeah. Almost all made it. Almost all made it. It's not bad. It's not bad. Also, I mentioned before that my dad was the, you know, the swim coach. He was actually the, the teacher <laughs> that I broke my tooth with. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say he was like the drama teacher who no, uh, didn't no. let you get any of these roles. No, he was the swim teacher at the high school as well. And, you know, you know, the gym teacher. Uh, so, yeah. And it was so I like to think like it's his fault. Ha ha ha. He's had to pay Blame for him it. every time. No, I yeah. don't. Um, I just like to think of it. It's pretty ironic, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. Let's see. Well, how long have we been going? About 20. So oh, we, we, we can pull out another five minutes. That's what what that's what funny stories do you have of high school? Oh, my goodness. So many. I. What was the big oh. high school drama that everybody knew about in your high school? <sighs> dot, dot, See, dot. I was like, I was not a. Uh, engaged member of the high school community that I was a part of because uh, essentially, A, on one hand, one one of my excuses is that I played hockey my, my whole life. And hockey takes up a lot of time after school and stuff. Like every day after school was like jumping in a car, driving for a, a long time, depending Gosh. on where the game was, where practice was. You know, it could have been like an hour away or something. And uh, it would, it would, I'm sorry, I'm just fixing the video because you froze. No. 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 Um, she's gone smell blind. At least it's not an awful picture of me. Yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. <laughs> and it is, this doesn't get saved anyway, so. Uh, anyway, so I've spent just so much time. Uh, doing that outside of school. But then in my school, like the, the quote-unquote smart kid zone. Actually, let's just go like this. Are you still frozen? Yeah, you're still frozen. Oh, my goodness. I was messing around too much. Everything's broken. No, it's fine. Um, you can just keep it like that. We're, we're yeah, not too close. Exactly. We're pretty close to finishing up here anyway. I'll just make the same pose and not move. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I did a lot of hockey. But then also in my school... All the quote unquote like fast track smart kid like AP class people were like relegated to their own zone and like timing of things. So like I, I pretty much spent most of my time within like the same core group of yeah. like students. So Me like too. we were so set apart from like the unwashed masses of normies that <laughs> like even our lunches were pretty much like set apart in our when we ate because. Like, for example, our physics class, instead of taking one period, took a period and a half. Yeah. So we only had a half period lunch and we just ate like in this like zone. So like we were, I was so disconnected. I'd never knew what was happening in my high school. And that probably explains a lot of who I am today. But <laughs> I, uh, I got no good high school stories. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually in a similar situation, you know, with the honors classes and all. You are kind of with the same group of people. Even from middle school into high school, if you uh, kept into the same area, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So if I was if I wasn't in one of those classes and I was in like Spanish class or 
I was in, you know, lunch or gym. Then I was more introduced to the masses of our school, of our of our school, uh-huh. um, and I kept on getting reminded how we're the only students that actually tried. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, because like I didn't want to be mean to the other people that I've seen in like those classes, but it's more like it's it's more like me being the person that actually brought gym clothes and the people that just sat on the ground doing nothing and got a zero because they didn't even participate oh i was i was a tryhard in gym i was one of those guys literally the only thing that i got picked first for in gym class was uh floor hockey because i was a very defensive uh and obsessive person so i would i was pretty i was pretty uh aggressive with that (laughs) that sport for some reason (laughs) um and i was so happy every time because that's how I knew that. Like, it's I, I'm not a very athletic person, as I mentioned before, so I was never picked first for anything, except for that. <laughs> I even got like fouled a couple times because I used my stick to, to trip people. <laughs> we got Happy Gilmore over here. I was like, I'm the first person in gym class ever ever take and I'd my be like, That's shoe off fair. and smack somebody. I didn't somebody. mean to do it, and sometimes <laughs> I kind of think I I kind of tricked myself into thinking I really didn't mean to do it, but in my heart, I kind of think I did. I, uh, man, those, those like gym class, like hockey sticks where you like had to bend them into like position into like the curve you wanted. No, mine For me, was, like, a wooden. hockey boy. Even the end? Yeah, it was like a wooden stick with uh, tape at was the it, end. Was, oh wow. Was it straight at the end or was it curved? I think it was straight. Actually, okay. I do think we had plastic ones as well. I can't really remember exactly. Most, all the ones I remember were like a rectangular aluminum body with like a rubbery end cap and then this like wobbly plastic red or blue like screwed on base with a blade that you, all the kids who knew what they were doing would immediately start like bending and flexing this bottom part to like curve it like a real hockey stick so it would be more like wicked. But uh, that's that was my thing. We played. What Mine was, the was definitely strangest, better than yours. <laughs> what was the strangest? Here, last question. Yeah. What was the strangest sport you played in gym class? Uh, well, it was always not like I always loved not dodgeball. They can't call it dodgeball because that it has negative connotations. So what? Well, you can't call stuff dodgeball. No, I mean it's basically dodgeball, but they never called it dodgeball. Um. Hmm. That was always very fun. I, the only th- the only weird thing about that is because is the fact that they would never call it dodgeball. Um, I remember, oh my gosh, I remember in middle school we did wall to wall football. You know what that is, right? I th- yeah, just where the end zones are the ends. <coughs> and I, um, I mean, there's specific rules to it. I honestly can't remember after so many years of not playing it. But um, the fact is that there's a lot of annoying boys that would just pass the ball to each other. They, that The people that they knew would actually score points and they would never pass it to any of the girls for obvious reasons because some boys are real assholes. Um, so I remember in middle school, the teachers made a rule and I cannot believe they had to make this a rule that in order to score the point they and from getting one end of the gym to the other... The ball has to be in the hands of a girl once. 
So in order yeah, we to had fu- that rule too. And in order to fulfill that requirement, the boys would continue playing as they are, hand the ball off to a girl, and then take it back. Yeah, it was just like a formality that it was, ruined everything. It's so stupid that they had to make that a rule. I am flabbergasted every time I think about that. Um, but strange, but the best thing that my high school had to offer was, um, it was called Outdoor Ed. I can't really remember if that was it or not. But yeah, basically, we had that. It was, it was like an obstacle course kind of uh, thing in way like you do like ropes and uh, we did a, there's a zip line that was pretty fun. We did that once. And yeah, that one's that's really cool. Yeah. Outdoor is great. Mm-hmm. What about you? Weird a sport. Um, well, the weirdest sport that was is actually a sport actually exists and you won't <laughs> believe it and you'll have to look it up. Is a sport called jukeball. 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 It's like T C. I'm gonna spell in Google. Jukeball. I put way too much stuff in there. So, no one it looks like there's no no consensus on how to spell it, but it's T C H O U K ball. Jukeball. That's a weird spelling. T C H A U K ball. T C H O U K. O U K. Like touch, but someone put in a bunch of K's and C's in there. That's so weird. <laughs> it's called chukeball. And I believe it's a Canadian sport, or at least they play it in Canada. And essentially it's like team handball where you there's it's like a five on five team. You toss this like small volleyball uh between your friends or your teammates and you can only run when you are holding it and you can take like two steps and then you have to throw it out so it's like ultimate frisbee team handball but instead of throwing it into a net you throw it against a small trampoline that's angled at like 45 degrees from like outside this basketball three-point arc you need to throw the ball hit the trampoline and have it bounce back and then it has to land outside the arc that you threw from and the other team has to not catch it so like you throw the ball it hits the trampoline and you want it to land and if you throw the ball and the other team catches it then they have the ball now and they go back the other way that's interesting for sure it's such a wild thing that we thought our weird crazy like i don't know really bored gym teachers just made up one day because lol we had like trampolines sitting around we might as well do this and then like a year later, I look it up. I'm like, oh, this is an actual sport. How did you look it up if you had no idea how to spell it? <laughs> I, I'd put some T's and O's and U's and K's in there. And eventually Google's like, did you mean this? And I'm like, I <laughs> this random ex- obscure so. sport. <laughs> and you can find like YouTube highlights of like best of Chukeball European Cup 2011. And it's got, oh, it's done by Chukeball Promotion. And it's got like a surprising amount of views. And, uh. It's so rad. It's such a dumb sport. I loved it. I uh, I was always hyped for a chukeball day. You know, that reminds me of this thing that I had no idea existed. I only found out it existed from working at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, and obviously there's a lot of TVs around that place because it's a sports bar. And I was looking up and uh, from where I was standing, and one of the TVs is this really strange sport from uh, one of the smaller uh, station or er, channels that we cover. And it was basic. It's called World 
tag world tag chase world cross tag yep i've yeah. seen that yeah and so it's it's so it was so interesting and i'm like well i'm just gonna watch this the entire shift it was uh, it's basically like a platform with a bunch of obstacles and it is a mix between parkour and tag because you yep. have to run around this platform and try not to get tagged by the other team or this other person and the amount of like coordination that you have to have to know where everything is and not slam your face into one of these poles it's it's kind of amazing to watch <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I like the idea of tag, but then with all these bars at, like, face height, uh, yeah, I'm pretty scared by that. Yeah, and they're, like, crawling around. They're jumping. They're everywhere. And, like, this is so cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's televised, I know. Yeah. So that was a good one. We never played just straight-up tag in gym class. We were never that <laughs> deprived of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there has definitely been, like, tag-esque sports that they would have us play but yeah just tag is not enough for them it was always the uh like you had to like run across the gym and like one person was it and any person they touched would then also become it so they every time you'd have to go back and forth they would slowly weed you out and it became at the end like two people left and like 24 kids like <laughs> it and uh that was always fun um, I remember we t- already talked about dodgeball, but I remember that I was never really good at throwing the ball because, you know, if if somebody were to catch the ball and uh, like you're that that you've already thrown, then you're out. And I was always thinking that yep. my my throws are just too crappy that I'm not even going to try to throw this ball. Um, and I'm also not going to try to catch the ball, because if you do not actually catch the ball, then you kind of then you're out, too. Um, if you touch mm-hmm. it and don't complete your catch. So my uh, my forte was dodging. I was I, I loved dodging. That was fun. And then if there were any <laughs> uh, balls that uh, hit the ground, I would bring them over to the better throwers of our group. That was my job. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I uh, I was there was always the the eternal struggle of like tw- there were always like twenty different balls, and five would be trash, ten would be like. All right, and then you'd find those like five like real juicy, firm, like whippable balls, and like you're like, ooh, that's mm-hmm. the one I want. I want, I want the one that I can really do some damage with. But How I was always you the, at the kid who was like, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no mine was a tangent. So, oh, I, I would always be like ten feet away from like the mid to like midline, and I would just be like. Throw them at me. What do you got? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna catch them. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna even try dodging. Like I just, I uh, was that confident and bold, and it never worked out. But I, that's. I was always right up. I'm like, just, just give me your best shot. Hmm. Um. I was about to ask, like, how were you at the pacer test? What are pacer your feelings test. towards the pace? Yeah, the fitness test. Remember, like, every so often you had to do a physical fitness test and one of them being the pacer test where you have to run across. Did you not do this? Um, it, the, I don't the know what the pacer test on... is. Okay, so the teachers would put on a recording and it's like, this is the fitness gram pacer test. And there's, like, this whole speech that has become a meme by now um, <laughs> because every no a lot of kids have, about. have had to heard it. So this the way the test works is that on the recording there will be a ding and you have to make it to the end of the gym uh, uh, a certain distance. It's usually like by the other side of the gym by that ding. 
And if you don't, then you're out. And this was all a way to test uh, people's running endurance and all that. Um, and because as every round goes on, it get the the space between the dings gets faster and faster and faster. And it's just a lot of stress to put on everyone. So everybody hated that test um, because it's getting faster and faster. And you can't run very well because we're not very healthy. <laughs> um, so I was awful that's, at it. That's such a weird test. Did they give you any sort of like countdown? It's like 10, 9. Yeah, eight. yeah, yeah. Like, like there's an entire speech. you knew how much time you could pace yourself? The reason why the recording is such a meme is because there's this long speech at the beginning that kind of tells you how it all works. And the thing is, we already know how it all works because it's our least favorite test. Um, I've never done this test. I really want to do this test now. <laughs> you can find a recording of it online. And I don't know if I, I'm surprised that you haven't done it because I thought that every kid around my generation had to do it. Um, so, yeah. And then it would be like and, so, and then there would be a start ding and then you would start going. And it, the first Two or three rounds are really easy. Um, but then, depending on your fitness ability, it gets extremely hard. <laughs> yeah. And then if you were the first, if you, if you were, if you got out, you just had to wait for people to finish. So you're just sitting there act, like feeling really inadequate about your fitness ability. <laughs> you're like, I didn't think it was going to ding that quick. I yeah, would have gone faster. Um, I want you to look it up. Maybe, maybe there might even be videos on YouTube, and you can see the uh, the terror the of yeah, the pain. <laughs> People, that <had> to <laughs> no, I'll definitely, test. I'll take a look. But I, I know, I in my head, I think I know what this is like, but I haven't lived through it. I haven't lived through those wars of. Uh, well, in addition to this, you, they, we had to do a sit and reach, which I'm pretty sure yeah, you've had to do. Yeah, we did the do. sit and reach. We did push ups. Yeah. We did sit ups. We did. Uh, some distance of running, but never a the pacer segmented test. running. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe are we? I think we're running a little long here. You think? That's okay. We we lived through some trauma of <laughs> theater days and of broken all teeth. Sorts of stuff. Um, exactly. <laughs> Got some good character building on this podcast. I think so. so this too. was a good one. Well, thank you all for supporting us and hanging out for us for so long. We uh. We expect Myth will be back next week. And so. then we can ask him on the next uh, after party about how gym classes were like in the olden days. <laughs> yeah, in the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.